Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my co-host George. Hello Flawless fans! Every episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group, it's called Flawless Friends and Family. It's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love and we post in there about upcoming episodes and what albums are nominated. You can find the link in our show notes. I did remember to post this time. But and George was the only person who noticed, so George and I had a conversation in the comments. We did. <laughs> we had a lovely time. We did. But we don't have to, because you can talk to us instead. And of course, we have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month, and you get early access to our episodes, access to our bonus episodes, there's a couple of new ones of those coming, and that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you've helping us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. Now... Even though I have done the introduction and done a swell job, if I do say so myself. You have. I am... Sorry? I was just going to say I was terribly impressed after five years or whatever it is. <laughs> I've, I've only said it a hundred or so times. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've always got it down pat. Uh, we have a guest. We do have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, oh guest? I'm the guest again. I am Tim Burns. You are Tim Burns. I am. I yes. know you. Yeah. <laughs> it's you? me, everyone's favourite rascal. You are favourite rascal. <laughs> no, you are one of my favourite people to go to gigs with. Oh, you... shucks. No, because nice. you are a nice boy and you're not even slightly creepy. Oh, my heart. <laughs> oh, I need to get that laminated. <laughs> the, bar, the bar is nice and low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, we had a very good time at Modest Mouse. We did oh, have a nice. good time. And I, I was at Modest Mouse. You were there too? Yes, I was oh, up the back fence. somewhere. Did you end up staying the whole time? Because if I, I remember I, right, I, you bailed after Float On, I think. Just before Float oh, On. Just before. Oh, no. Oh, I was yeah. like half the crowd bailed after Float yeah. On. <laughs> no, we... um. We were supposed to go for the whole thing. Cloud Nothings were there and they're like one of my favourites. Mm, but yeah. when we woke up that day, I've been having back and hand issues and I couldn't oh. I couldn't stand the idea of standing around for six hours. Like they were, Cloud Nothings were first and Modest Mouse were last and I wasn't super excited about anyone in between. So we skipped Cloud Nothings and came just for Modest Mouse. Oh, which was okay. cool. Like I got to tick them off a bucket list. Yeah, were you I, planning on going earlier if Slow Dive ended up going? I don't know. Friends of mine really liked Slow Dive and I meant to get into them, like have a look into them before they... Before the show, but then they pulled. So yeah, I they were the ones that sold it for me. Okay. I ended up interviewing Nick beforehand, oh, nice. uh, the bass player. Yeah, um, I was so excited, and then I think once the interview was published, I think an hour later they announced that um, they're oh. not coming because the because uh, <laughs> the drummer hurt his back. Yeah, familiar story. Yes, that's it. Um, so you say you interviewed him? Yeah. So why is it? That you interviewed someone from Slowdive. Great segue, George. <laughs> well, I do a bit of a writing and journalism work. Um, that's one of my hobbies. Who who can make money from that full time? <laughs> but Not me. I write for a few different places. That particular one was for the scene stuff. So if you ever want to see, read about what's happening with Slowdive's new album that's coming out, that's the place to go. I did ask them if it was going to be new metal influenced and they said no. Uh, that was a stupid question. <laughs> Go away. Um, so there's that exclusive. <laughs> nice. So it's not going to slow dive and not go new metal. It's a no. shame, really. We yeah. need more drop bass and you know, drop D and some GJ scratches. I'm not going to lie. I think my favourite band is Deftones. So, yeah, yeah. You know. They're technically new metal. That's what the kids say. Yeah. I mean... It's it, not not enough DJ scratching on it. I mean, maybe earlier stuff. Did they have a DJ? They did. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. There mm. you go. Would you like to tell us what album... Well, where can people find out about all the stuff that you're doing? Oh, well, uh, I am on... Um, at this stage, I'm on TikTok and the website formerly known as Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess it's X now. Um, who knows? Who by knows? Time, by the time it, this comes out, it could have changed again. So it could it become be. just like yeah. that... Dog that he likes to post yeah. about again. <laughs> it could be a symbol that is not even an alphabetic symbol. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. name like it after. Grimes or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, his son, yeah. His son. Yeah. What was it? X, Ash. A, was there an A on? Or I think there was an like a, 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 on or something? a. And there was a number. The number was, the A and the number was something about a jet. Yeah. It's the only time I've really listened to Joe Rogan was just to find out how to pronounce right. this kid's name. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank the only time anyone should God. listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. 
No, stick with flawless. That's a flawless That's right. podcast. Yeah. Yay. So. <laughs> Would you like to tell us what album you're nominating yes, today? Yes, certainly. The album that I've nominated is Pop Crimes by Roland S. Howard. I know a girl called Johnny. She's a bullet, she's a villainess. In my silver dress, I'm a disastrous. Combing out her long straight hair. Johnny bangs the drum. Johnny bangs the drum. Johnny bangs the drum. She's Australian. Very Australian. Yes, we need to do more Australian. I haven't. Never, I've never said this to any of our guests before, so I'm, apologies to your listening. We get a lot of Brisbane musicians on and Australian mm. musicians, and I'm like, nominate some Brisbane bands, nominate some Australian bands, <laughs> and they always come on and do like two overseas bands. Mm. I'm like, come on, people, I need like Brisbane musicians to nominate Brisbane bands. And Roland S. Howard is not a Brisbane musician by any stretch, but thank you for nominating an Australian <laughs> band. So that I don't have to be the only one who ever nominates Australian bands. I was bands. trying to land on an Australian band. I was going to do the Drones Gala Mel, but I was like, can I really say this one's flawless? We've already done a Drones album as well. Yeah, so we, oh, we, you we have. Don't, we don't double up on albums, on bands if we can help it. So, I see. Um, we did Dom Miller, who you might actually know. From oh, Reputation, yes, yes. Was our very like second guest or something. He was yeah, on very early. Um, and he did... Was it Havilah, I, I think? Yes, Havilah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a f- so, another fantastic album. Yeah, I've been... Thinking we could fudge the rules a little bit to do another drones album just because George hadn't actually didn't get a chance to participate in a drones conversation. I was poorly. You were oh. poorly. So oh. I'd love to introduce George to the drones. But speaking of the drones, similar style and vibe Very. to Rollinus Howard here. Yeah. So. Like I've always I think I heard the drones before I heard Rollinus Howard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially the guitar style is yeah. very it's a guitar style I love. It's very... I've always thought of it as very apocalyptic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the very first drone song I remember hearing was Jezebel from Gala Mill, mm-hmm. which is all about um, nuclear bomb testings out in the middle of Australia. Um, and the guitars fit that vibe very well. And mm-hmm. it's very... That guitar sound is very much uh, the pioneer, the, the father of that sound. Yeah. Roland S. Howard. Yeah, cool. So... Pop Crimes, uh, 2009 album by Australian musician Roland S. Howard, released on 16th of October, um, 10 years after his previous album, Teenage Snuff Film. So mm-hmm. he took a long time between drinks, but he'd obviously been working with lots of bands in between doing lots of other stuff. And not so much drinks, lots of heroin. Lots of heroin, yes, which we, will, which we will talk about. Mm. Uh, was released in the US by Fat Possum Records and then Mute Records in Europe. And Bloodlines oh. in Australia. So. Oh, I didn't realise it was a mutant fat possum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, fat possum, Dinosaur Junior, Black Keys, Walkman, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I knew of them first libera- from... Liberation, Vance Joy was the only person I'd heard of. Who's that? Vance Joy. Oh, yes. Oh, is... oh on Liberation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I know Liberation. Yeah. yeah. Really? The Vance Joy's on Liberation? At some point. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You've got Vance Joy and you've got Roland S. Howard yeah. on Liberation. <laughs> two two well, we. them. Yeah. So tell us how you got introduced to Roland S. Howard. Well, um, I guess I knew of him before this album. as um, He's most famous as uh, the guitarist in The Birthday Party, which mm-hmm. was... A very early Happy Nick Cave birthday band. Birthday yeah. No, 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 no. It was a we'll get, terrible we'll birthday soon. party, that one. The copyright on that song yeah. is like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> oh, that's true. the budget gone. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to cut this episode early. Don't sue us. There's literally nothing to sue us. <laughs> but yeah, he was always the, basically the side man to Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the Boys Next Door, uh, Birthday Party. He wrote the first big hit, um, Shivers, which yep. was the Boy Next Door's first big hit. Um but then, yeah, sort of disappeared. Um, I wasn't really aware of him until I think the title track from this album came up, of all places, on Triple J, okay. um, just before it was released. That was the first place I ever heard that song or yeah. any Roland S. Howard solo material. And that bass line just grabbed me. Yeah. It is so good. Just yeah. has, oh, 
vibes. Yeah. That's what we'll, the kids are into. We'll come back to it a bit, but the bass on this album, a couple of times I forgot that he was a guitarist by nature. I, couple, mm. I was like, he must have been like Nick Cave's bass player, right? Because mm. he loves the bass so much on this album. <laughs> it's always so elevated and doing such important stuff. But yeah, a couple of times I was like, did he play guitar or did he play bass? And I have to look up, I oh, know he was a guitarist mm. for those bands, but he just loves the bass. So it was yeah. cool. It's a great instrument. Yeah. So you, so you heard that song, you go out and get the album sort of straight Pretty away. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, as soon as it was released, as I think it was in a JB Hi-Fi. That was yeah. the only place you could really get records up in Townsville at the time. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm originally from. Um, well, I grew up in a town south of there, Sugarcane. Went to uni in Townsville and lived there for quite a bit of time. And the only place to get records was JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. And yeah, as soon as I saw it there, I was like, oh, I've got to listen to the rest of this. And mm. oh... Yeah. It was a perfect, perfect choice. Yeah. So did you go back and listen to Teenage Snuff Film? His other I one? did. I did later on. Um, just as good, but I think I like Pop Crimes more so, okay. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I guess you it's probably yeah. just because it's the first one I heard. Yeah. But yeah, like that happens. Yeah. And it's you also... You can have like, an emotional attachment to the first album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. It's both are fantastic albums. Like Yeah. Similar bass sort of sounds as well. Yep. I think the same bass player. I think okay. JP Shiloh, I think. Yep, JP Shiloh. Well, he was on this one. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, George. Hello. Before the name Roland S. Howard, which we we'll, we may keep saying Roland S. Howard all the way through, we may shorten it, who knows, was dropped in the chat. Had you heard of the man or his music? I had not heard of Roland S. Howard. I instinctively thought, Ron Howard <laughs> and was thrown a curveball. So um, I listened to it and I was like, that's not Ron Howard. Um, no. But yeah. So oh, uh, finally. No. But then when I did some research, obviously I'd heard of the birthday party and yeah. Nick Cave. So yeah. um, yes. And so, um, but I had never heard his name before because I wasn't listening to Triple J in 2009 because oh, I didn't uh, live To be there. fair, he didn't appear regularly. No, I think I that was probably the only time he would have appeared, I'd say. I can't imagine. He wasn't big on Triple J, no. It would have been a rare instance that he's... I think at the time, the big stuff would have been like Art versus Science, yeah, Wolf yeah. Mother. And I think even, yeah, by this stage, had Kingsmill taken over and started doing hip-hop stuff as well. Like it... Um, yeah, was, I think they a, were slowly starting to yeah, introduce yeah. hip-hop in there. Mm-hmm. So this is well before pop started appearing, well before yeah. anyone was r- crying for Taylor Swift to be on Hottest 100. Yeah. <laughs> crying for it. Cry- oh, it was crazy. It was it was... Like, I know, but Shake It Off is worth it. So. <laughs> um, Liam. Hello. I'm assuming you had definitely heard of Roland S. Howard. I'd heard of him. I hadn't... I know, And I think I was, actually, I was in the same position as you, knowing he was attached in the cave... And had been playing with Nick Cave. Um, I I knew of him. I'd heard lots of people talk about him. And I know he. I knew he'd passed away, mm. but I don't think I'd ever heard a song by him. And like looking at the people that he worked with, even after he sort of parted ways with Nick Cave and his side of things, like he's done a lot of stuff with people who I have listened to. But I still I hadn't actually. I don't think I, I couldn't name a song, and I don't think I'd heard any of his stuff until I sat down and heard this album, which is probably awesome. a bit of a gap for me. Mm. And. I can tell you now is a gap for me because it's yeah having listened to this I'm like man I wish I which I had was annoying and a little sad yeah well it is a little sad because um he did end up dying of cancer when he mm-hmm. was 50 um and he had imbibed in illicit substances for what I assume is the majority of his adult life oh yeah, yeah. apparently so even yeah if, just in case anyone thinks we're telling tales out of turn he was completely open and unabashed drug, mm. heroin, alcoholic user. Like he was the full tilt all the way through. And sings about it. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So we're not, you know, trying to impugn someone after they've gone or anything like that. Like this is known oh, fact, yeah. facts about him. Yeah. Like I think they, Nick Cave and Rollins got into heroin at the same time. I think it was in St. Kilda or um, somewhere like that. Yep. King's Cross, I yeah. think was the area for it. Definitely in Melbourne. Yeah. Like there was, a, there's a sounds great. Sounds like a Melbourne. Thing. It seems like. I mean, heroin seems to be a Melbourne thing, especially in the eighties and nineties for some reason. Yeah, because they, they went o- they went over to Europe because there's, there's a big lot of stuff in his history around that they, Nick Cave and and him and the band went over to Europe and were trying to do stuff over in Europe, but they hated it because mm. they were surrounded by European bands and they, <laughs> hate, they hated them all and it was all just this weird thing. So 
Yeah. I'm taking it personally. <laughs> you should, yeah. You didn't like any of your, any of your bands, George. Yeah, but, but they... Nick Cave ended up living in Brighton, which is where I'm from. Oh, nice. So, no, 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 no. Yeah, he had a bit of a falling out. So, on this album, we've got Roland S. Howard, Mick Harvey on the drums and organ, and J.P. Shiloh, like we talked about. Mick Harvey was also in Birthday Party and mm-hmm. a lot of Nick Cave things, and he sort of... They, um, Howard and Nick Cave, had a bit of a falling out towards the end of the Birthday Party... There was some stuff I was reading about, yeah, Howard was writing stuff and Nick Cave was like, I don't want to use his stuff anymore. Mm. I, I want to be able to write everything myself. Um, and so they had a bit of a falling out after that. And they, I read a few interviews where Howard said like they talked, but it was there was still that animosity all the way through. Mm. But then McCarvey has managed to stay good friends with both of them. So he, he worked on both of Howard's solo albums. He still works with Nick Cave a lot. So he's sort of like that bridge between them, which is really cool. Oh. The go-between. Yes. <laughs> That's nice. Speaking of St Kilda, 24th of April 2013, Port Phillip Council approved a proposal to name a St Kilda laneway Roland S. Howard Lane to honour Howard's contributions to the St Kilda music scene. Oh, that's, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. It's, it's great to have a play. I know Ed Cooper's got a park mm-hmm. somewhere in Brisbane. I'm trying to think of where. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not sure where it is either. Yeah. I'm and yet to grace it. We also have a guest vocalist on this album. Mm. Yes. On track one, Jenny yeah, Standish. She, does, she has a big intro, like first track of the album, cool, and then she's done. Yeah, oh. she's out. Where, basically, where, the song's she go? So about she's her, from, basically. Yes, yeah. She's from HTRK. Hate yeah. Rock. Hate That's Rock. Hate Rock, yeah. And Roland produced their debut album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where their little, why their lines meet. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, yes. So I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, first impressions. What What did you, so what did you think of the, whole, the, of the album as a whole? We don't have to do a deep dive straight into it, but what no, did you think so, of the album as a whole? Um, I put it on and I know a girl called Johnny was obviously the first track. And the drums and organ were, I was like, yeah, colour me interested. Yeah. Um, and then the vocals sounded Cohen-esque. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then Janine comes in and sounds like Amanda Palmer. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I had her as Patty I had her as the Patty Smith. Patty Smith. Yeah, yeah, okay. Amanda Palmer yeah I wouldn't well, have yeah. thought Amanda Palmer, but yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> it, it fits. Just, just that kind, just the the way of the half spoken, half yeah. sung mm. kind of so aspect. Awesome. Um, so, and I was like, I did not know what to expect, um, and because I hadn't done a deep dive yet, everything about it, including the lyrics that I could hear, I thought it was from the late eighties. And I was like, oh, okay, so we've got some, like, late 80s, you know, when Cohen brought out his albums yeah. in the 80s and stuff. And I was just like, oh, okay, we've got some late 80s and some American guy, an American woman are singing, like, mm. in a band. Um, that's cool. And then um, I actually read up on him and went, oh, okay, you're Australian. Yeah. Didn't know that. <laughs> um, and she's on one song and I wasn't expecting that either. So first impressions was it was very Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. Like um, that with the slow drawl, yeah. the spoken thing. Um, and there was lots of drugs. Mm-hmm. So um, there was lots of elements of drugs and it was really blatant, like out there. Um, like as well, like comparing her to like, was it like a methadone lolly or something she's like that? Uh, she's my narcotic lollipop. Narcotic mm. lollipop. one of my favourite lines from that, <laughs> for the whole album. And he just whips it out there in that first song. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when she's doing little, like, different things, he's just doing that over and over, which mm. is so cool. Yeah. So and so there we go. So Liam, first yeah. impressions. Well, so I this felt super familiar to me in, like, an awesome way. Like, I loved this right from the start. Like... We knew so Leonard. We've done Leonard Cohen album, the one he recorded just before he died, which I can't remember. Oh, what the you wanted darker? Called. Yes, that's it. So yeah. we've done that, and just it put me in that mindset. And then like David Bowie when he did Black Star, mm, and, you yeah. listen, and then he died straight after. And you listen to it, and you're like, this feels like a guy. Like that feels like a guy who knows. It, no one else knew at the time, but mm. that, that felt like that David Bowie was a guy who knew. This is my last document that I give to the world, mm. and then the Leonard Cohen one was the same. And then I'm listening to this thinking, oh yeah. It's kind of the same, but there's there's something else there that I'm not I don't quite understand. And then I read the interviews, and it, 
it wasn't that he knew he was going to die. He was hoping he would live. Mm, yeah, he, he was waiting he, for a liver transplant, yeah, I believe, at the time. Yeah, he was waiting for a liver transplant. He was hoping, and he'd, I think he'd, he'd realised at the point that he'd, all the drugs and everything had fucked him up, hmm. almost to the point where he'd probably given them up. I assume if he's waiting for a transplant, he can't still be on drugs and alcohol because yeah, that, yeah, that he, would be a requirement. It was not long before, I think, um, maybe a few years beforehand. Yeah. Like, he was in a really good place at and the that, time he was and recording that, it. that messed me up. Yeah. Because then you look at the album cover and it's just this guy's face who's just so sad gaunt. and just filled with sorrow and gaunt from drug use. Mm. And you're just like, this This document, this album that he's created is this, this brilliant thing. But then you find out he actually had hope and he wanted to live. Mm. And that just messed me up. You're like, oh, God. Like, just... Yeah. Yeah, that made it like it. Cutting that, his that, prime. That's what I was missing from. That's like the album is the, the document of someone who's lived a rough life and probably knows that that's where they're headed. But there's also that tinge of, but I still want to hold on to it and I'm still holding on to it. And then the fact that he couldn't and died like nine months after it came out is mm. just, yeah, that broke me a little bit. And he was sad that he wasn't well enough to tour the album. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so. I wish. I know. Um, I think a few years before he did this album, I only just discovered this recently via Facebook. I think he did like a two night stand at Rick's as well. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. oh, I was like, that would have been amazing to yeah. see. So, oh. yeah. So Mick Harvey said in an interview, there was a groundswell of interest and a jolted image of action. So he put this album out and he's like, people loved it. And they were like, yeah, I could tour again, but he just never got healthy mm. enough to do it. Uh, he said he was so ready for it. He was really sick, but he thought he was going to get out of the hospital. Um, and then, yeah, in his final moments, he was quoted as saying, I've lost so much of my life, it's been wasted, thrown away. Mm. And I'm just like, fuck. Ouch. Like, like, that, like, this is the stuff that they should be showing to those, like, I'm not going to get all preachy about drug use or anything, but this is the stuff they should be showing to people who are starting to get into that space. It's like, this is what, you know, the greatest minds of a generation, the greatest musicians of a generation mm. just get taken from us too early. And it was, yeah. Because um, it was met with four-star reviews on yeah. all music, enemy, record collector, and pop matters. Yeah. Just in case anyone isn't already crying too, at the time, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs had invited him to support them on a tour, but he was too ill, and they said, we were driving in Tasmania listening to the radio when they played a Roland Howard song, and then they played another, and we all knew what had happened, and we wept, oh. we wept the rest of the journey. Oh, oh, wow. Thank like, Jesus. Yeah, that makes... Well, I didn't realise the yeah, yeah, yeah's were... Fan- I mean, it makes sense because Nick Zinner's... Oh, so like, many... just his dress sense and his guitar yeah. style is very Roland Hess out. Yeah. yeah, there's so many bands. I didn't get a chance to do all the stuff, but, like, there's so many different bands that have quoted him and, like, having seen him in those early stages and, yeah, they lots of stuff from a lot of range. I'll see if I can find a few of them, but it was just, yeah... Yeah, I mentioned this on the Facebook group last night. I was like, oh, we can do an album, an episode if I can stop bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, but we are also celebrating we will too. We will do our best to celebrate him as well, yes. This is true. So, um, is there a particular tra- track that you wanted to start us with, Tim? Well, I guess um, I'd like to start with Shut Me Down. Nice. Which is a rough song. It's mm-hmm. devastating. Um I learned, um, so there's a really good documentary about him directed by Richard Lowenstein, who did um, Dogs in Space. Uh, That's the film starring Michael Hutchins, and it's about the little band scene in Melbourne. Um, Fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. I've seen one of the bands from that little band scene, uh, Primitive Calculators. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you love noise and electronics, totally worth it. Nice. Um, I think their last album is called The World is Fucked. Oh, which is true. sums it up yeah, 100%. topical you could release that can I disagree any given year um then yeah um he also did a really good documentary about Michael Hutchins called Mystify and he also did a this really great doco about um Roland called uh Autoluminescence which is named after a song from um Teenage Snuff Film yeah and I didn't realize that You Shut Me Down is such a... It's actually a really old song for him. Okay. It's... Um, he wrote it, I think, in the 80s. He was still in um, in England. Um, so I think he was still with the birthday party or it was towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, he was with... Um, who was he dating at the time? 
Genevieve, I think her name is. She's in These Immortal Souls, which okay. is uh, one of his later bands in the 80s and 90s. She played Keys and she dropped him and she wandered out and that night he wrote this song. Yeah. And it's devastating. Like it's just all, all those sorts of lost love songs are devastating in their own way, but the mm. inflection he puts on the voice of I miss you so much, just that call mm. and repeated refrain is just like the heartbreaker. It just makes me... Like, I, like my heart's not broken right now, but I'm listening to it going, ah, oh, my heart's breaking just listening mm. to it. Oh, like empathy. Yeah. <laughs> just like you can't help but feel grabbed by that, his, that vocal intonation that he does, which yeah. is so cool. It just sounds, yeah, very desperate. Yeah. And... Some of the lyrics in there are amazing. Like um, the one that always grabbed me was I'm standing in a suit as ragged as my nerves. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, nice. A night so deep that I could almost trip and drown, mm-hmm. which is just such great evocative lyrics. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um, he was long a lyricist, like even though his role in the birthday party was basically a guitarist. Um, I think one of the things that caused a lot of tension, as you mentioned, was... That, yeah, he wanted to put more songs in the albums. Yeah. Uh, he'd maybe get one, maybe. Um, so he was Ringo. Yeah, he was Ringo. <laughs> well, well, he wrote his own songs. I don't think Ringo wrote his own songs. No, he did. That was the oh, problem. Did he? Oh, did, did he write... Um... He wrote, like, Yellow Submarine, oh, Octopus's Garden. Octopus, he wrote Octopus's Garden. That's why, like, he oh. used to just drop acid, write a song, and they'd go, lols, put it on the album. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why, uh, like, no offence to Ringo, but there are no flawless Beatles albums. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, I love those songs. They're just perfect children's songs yeah. for me. Um, but, you know, as, when you put it on a Beatles album, it's like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, but, this, uh, In Shut Me Down, it's really slinky guitar. Mm. Um, and then there's like this one long string note and his vocals are just drawls. Yeah. Like he does, he perfects the drawl, mm. which I aim to do one day. Yeah. But I'm a bit too perky. Yeah. Um, but it lifts with the organ melody and then the vocals just like drop it straight back down again. Yeah. And it's just like, the organ's like, come on, come yeah. on, lift up, dude, lift yeah. up. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm down here. Get or I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. So pass yeah. me the pipe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Shut Me Down leads into one of two covers on the album. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, George. Yeah. I assume you listened to it before you did any research into it. Yeah. Did you know these two songs were covers? Did you? Did it feel like they were covers? Life's What You Make It, I know. Oh, you, did you know? Oh, okay. So there's, there's the problem that. there. So, yeah. so I knew that was a cover because it's right. Talk Talk from the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're a British band. Yeah. So I knew that song. Yeah. Um, and I also know it from the Placebo cover. Right. That ha- was brought out at some point in the... Oh, did Placebo do a cover? Placebo did a cover, yeah. It's a corker. Right, I mean, they did... Placebo do good covers. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, um, Running Up That Hill, wow. Yeah, like, and they cover Bowie and they actually didn't butcher it, so... Oh, congratulations. I know. So which was the other? Was it Wayward Man? Uh, No, that's an original. It's uh, Nothing. Nothing, the blues. Which is a Townsend Zant song. Yeah. So, yeah, so this one, I love this. I really like this cover because I was like, I didn't know it was a cover, first of all. It fits mm. perfectly into his style. Which one? Uh, Life's What You Make It. Life's What You Make yeah, It. Didn't yeah, didn't know it was a cover when I was listening to the album the first few times. Saw it in the week. Oh, that's a cover. Listen to the original, and that's kind of like an 80s, almost yeah. dire straits, guitar pop esque. Not quite to that level, but almost yeah. there. And then he's grabbed it, dirged the hell out of the guitars, mm. slowed it right down because then it goes into it's six and six minutes 42. Yeah. And just like made it this, like just twisted the intent of the song. Like, life's what you make it as a pop 80s song. Like, hey, you can make it great. And then mm. life's what you make it as this dirge of like, you fucked the, like if you if your yeah, life's yeah. fucked, it's because you fucked it up. Mm. Like you, like it's just, yeah, I love He's the, the pivot of it. It's very sarcastic. Yeah. It's yeah. Celebrate it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> just, Jesus. He flipped, reversed it. Yeah. And turned it into like, look at me, like, look at the cover of my fucking album. Yeah. That's what you make it. And he put like popped skin and like, as we thought about gaunt and everything. Mm. And he's mm. like been smacked up for years. Um, <laughs> and he's like, 
dying, but hopeful. Yeah. But obviously, he's like turning the song on himself. Mm. Like, it's probably the most introspective track on the album, and she didn't write it. No. <laughs> which is what's funny about it. But yeah, yeah so he, I knew it was a cover. He talked about it in an interview. He said, I like this idea of a. I like the idea of this apocalyptic version of life's what you make it. I guess you could say that it appealed to me. <laughs> so yeah, so he heard this like, what if I could like run this into the ground? Yeah, I'd like to know why he decided that this was the song. This yeah. is the song that I want to do. Because yeah, Talk Talk, they're not, I mean... I'd never, I'd the, never heard of them or that, or that song. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. the last two yeah. albums were very, they originated post-rock pretty okay. much. Um, what was well, it Garden kinda, of Eden? And, they were kind of new wavy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. they did... Um, it's My Life. That was a song yeah. I always knew beforehand, which is, I knew of it because it was a No Doubts um, cover as well. Right. And then Such a Shame, which is a great song. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not as apocalyptic as Roland as Howard. No, it's, no it's, it's a bit more 80s. Yeah, New Wave sort of stuff was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. But Pop Crimes. Yeah. Seven so, minutes, 23. Yeah, so back to back. So we've got a couple of... You know, shorter, you know, not as long songs as these two, but then three and four just banging out two seven-minute songs, mm. which is really cool. So, Pop Crimes, I think we mentioned earlier, lovely bass. Oh, beautiful Oof. bass all the way through it. Oh, yeah, and little drum lifts. Yeah. He plays a solo. The intro is nearly a minute ten. It's, it's 90 seconds. It's, it's, yeah, it's over yeah. 90 seconds of an intro before the actual proper gets right. into it. Um, and and he references Catholicism a lot because he's faced with death. Yeah. Mm. Right? So yeah. he references the Catholic Church in about three tracks. And in here he says... The Catholic Church can't verify that there's a single soul in hell. It's just a wasteland of adversity divide of all sound of waiting bells from the Lyric Buddies. Lyric yeah. Buddies. Yeah, I got yeah. that one. And then solos and um, baseline. Yeah. Bass the one that so, always stuck out for me was Are You Stalin's Secret Daughter? Did You Murder History? Yeah. 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 Right? So, so we, uh, we, I sometimes forget to do it, but every now and again, I think there's an, I, I look for a, a lyric that I would tattoo on myself, of like, <laughs> even though it's like if I've got no real connection to the band. But um, I'd love a wasteland of adversity. Mm. That would like just tattoo it on your shoulder somewhere. That would be so cool. Oh, you're so nice. I know. So, but it's just yeah, I love that. Like it's just it, and it never like for a seven and a half minute song, it never feels like okay, get over it. You know, wrap it up. It should be four minutes. It's just yeah, just the way he performs it and the like the the vocal on the chorus where he's just like repeating that. It's just a pop crime. It's just a yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can talk about the other cover because coming out of that, we do a uh, Towns Van Zandt song. Mm. Yeah. Tell, tell them I'm fine and I'm using nothing. Yeah. Like, well, obviously at this point, he is using nothing. Yeah. Um, but he found a song to, rep- to replicate his life. Yeah. Mm. Um, so similar again. So I don't know if you'd heard the original, but I yeah, listened um, to the original. It's like this one man and a, and a guitar, mm. pure country folk yeah. sort of stuff. And again, this this time, instead of like, it's up, I'm using hands, this is good for a podcast. Then it's high and then for, he brings it down. This one's like quite low and lo-fi mm. and he turgens it up again, he swamps it up, but that brings it up a little bit, like he makes it a bigger piece rather than just a guy with a mm. guitar, which is really cool. Yeah, and he's obviously picked it because in like there's lots of loss in this album yeah. mm. and, you know, in it it's like I just when you leave, leave nothing. Yeah. Like as if to say like I need every piece of you to be gone. Yeah. If you're going to go, just fucking go. <laughs> um, yeah, and it kind of just fits. And it's a kind of a perfect artist for that sort of thing. Towns Van Zandt is a bleak guy. Yeah. Or was, R.I.P., um, he was, oh man, like, uh, one song I love of his is called waiting round to die. Um, which is great. Another one's called lungs, which right. is about his lungs collapsing because a mind's falling in. <laughs> um, yeah. And he lived a rough life as well. He was another guy that would drank himself and was lost potential. I think he was going to record an album with Lee Ronaldo from Snotonic Youth at one stage. Okay. I think. It was someone that was very odd and out of place, but, you know, it died before that happened. But, 
yeah, his stuff is amazing, especially when it's just him and a guitar. It's like he did a few albums that were very Nashville country, where it's very bright and made for pop radio. But the stuff where it's just him and his guitar, I think there's a self-titled album that's amazing and a few others in there. It's just, wow, the guy knew his way. I mean, it's just that there's a lot of bottles in the way. We forgot to ask you at the start, did you ever see Roland Howard live? No, I saw a lot of bands that um, sort of orbited him. I've seen Hate Rock twice. Oh, nice. Who are great. It's just punishing because they love their feedback and uh, smoke machines. Uh, So if you're asthmatic, uh, (laughs) don't. (laughs) If you're sensitive to um, feedback, they love it. Um, Is it it like watching My Bloody Valentine? Um, No, it's not as apocalyptic. They've got the Holocaust section, if I remember yeah, right, yeah, when they, they do You Made Me Realise. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's very piercing. Right. Because it's weird with hate rock because they're very minimalist. Yeah. Like they, um, yeah, as said, Roland Howard produced their first album, but their other albums are very different to that. I think they've since done like a country-influenced album, but it's okay. via hate rock. Because I kind of, I, I was thinking I was having a bit of a read about them. Like they, there's like two of them at the center mm. and when he produced the album there was like lots of them but then they've slowly gotten down to just the yeah two so of them it was now. originally a trio there yeah. was um i think it was sean that was on bass he also passed away yeah. overdosed yes. on heroin i believe yeah um oh melbourne what, yeah, what can yeah, you yeah, do it's, very bleak it's, very bleak yeah. <laughs> it's just death everywhere yeah uh, oh no God. worry there's still more songs yeah. <laughs> i know we have um, we but, have our thing maria Yes. Well, that, let's, let's do Ave Maria. That's a pining song, isn't it? It's yeah. simple guitar and drums, but now it seems like we're talking about the ex-wife. Mm. Um, and yeah, so there's it lifts briefly with solo and organ, and then it just drops. Yeah. Um, and it has a slow outro, so it's like four minutes. And Ave Maria is something that people would usually have at their funeral. Yes. So I was just like, okay, dude knew he was on his way yeah. out. So he's like got all these references again to Catholicism. Um, and yeah, so there we go. That's that's that song for me. Yeah. That's probably why it hit me as well, because I was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. so I'm familiar with that world. It's very death obsessed. It's, yes. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> five year old. You see this, oh man, a Jesus in a Catholic church on the crucifix. It's way gorier than what you see at yeah. other places. It oh, is yeah. something else. <laughs> so there, there were two sections of this lyrics that I wanted to call attention to. Um, I'll only do the. I'll only drop in the second one, but the first part is where he says, history led her to me, each footstep cut in, cut in memory, clad in a dress of silver grey, she walked into our wedding day. And then at the end of the song... For though my crimes remain unnamed All my treasons, all my shames Later you would rightly say We didn't dance upon our wedding day I don't know how you don't break That doesn't just break your heart It's just, yeah Like like you said, on the verge of Like, it would be heartbreaking for any vocalist But then when you know it's like someone who's like these He knows he's putting these songs And this will be the last collection of songs Mm. That he probably gets to put together Yeah And this is the stuff that he wants to put out into the world It was interesting what you said about uh, Like, yeah, the album is quite busy There's lots of pieces going on quite a lot Mm. But in the interviews that I read He said he he didn't like touring with a full band behind him Mm. He actually just liked getting up on stage and playing songs with one person and a guitar. Yeah, yeah. Been a really interesting. I think I would have loved to see a full band play this full album, mm. but I also think just to have seen him and his guitar playing whatever songs he has and he wants to play some of this, some of whatever, would be an amazing experience. I know there's, um, there's a few clips from, oh, there was some show he, from the ABC way back in the 90s, I think, yeah. where he filmed himself playing some songs. From Teenage Snuff Film. Full yeah. band. So Mick yeah. Harvey was there on the drums. J.P. Shiloh on the um, on the bass. And I think Warren Ellis might have been on violin. Oh, I nice. I think. Yeah. And they did... Um, what did they do? 
Exit Everything, which is just an incredible song from that teenage snuff film. Um, like if you love the bass and pop crimes, you'll go <laughs> nuts for um, for Exit Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also does a cover of White Wedding, the Billy mm-hmm. Idol song. Yeah. <laughs> and he does um, a solo version of Shivers, a song that pretty much um, like brought him into the spotlight in the first place. Yeah, which is interesting because I think the interviews I read, he said he doesn't really like Shivers anymore. Yeah. Like got, oh, it's... Got because he wrote it when he was 16. Yeah. And for him, it's like, that's, you know, I was a stupid 16 year old. Why would anyone love a song that I wrote when I was 16? It's interesting with that because they talk about an also luminescent, that documentary. And they mentioned that, like, um, like he was originally meant to sing it. Like, he had recorded a version of it with one of his early bands. I can't remember what they were called. Um, and then he was sort of brought into the fold of The Boys Next Door with yeah. Nick Cave, I think halfway through recording um, their first album, Door Door. Um, so the first half is very new wavy sort of thing. Second half with Roland is very noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, Shivers is on there and it's it's very different to the version that he originally recorded. It's like it's very it sounds like yeah, a young boy with a broken heart really pining for someone. Yeah. But apparently the real intention behind it was he was actually mocking um, right. these kids that are really love struck. It's yeah. like, oh, like I'm so broken hearted yeah. I could die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, I had no idea until I saw this documentary. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Just yeah. looking back at it. And it's that way he sings it in this um, these live performances. It's just so much... Um, I don't know, just venom in his voice yeah. along with that drawl. He does. Yeah. He's almost spitting. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so things between him and Nick Cave must have come good eventually because uh, Nick Cave booked him on the All Tomorrow's Parties Tour mm. in 2009. I went, went to that. Nick Cave was curating it. Oh, was... I didn't see roll, the Roland right. one. I went okay. to the one at River Stage. Right, this was in Sydney, I think I saw it. Yeah, um, I went to the... I think they had... I remember Nick Cave. It was around the time of Dig Lazarus Dig, I think, was yeah. the album. Yeah. Um, and they had who else did they have on the lineup? They had Spiritualized, who are amazing. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Saints. Oh yeah. Um, so Ed Cooper and Chris Bailey. Um, yeah. I can't remember if the bass and drums were the same. I think maybe only one of them were. Okay. I think. Um. I can't remember who else, but yeah, incredible, incredible yeah. thing. I would have been, if Roland was there, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, oh my young bones. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um, according to St. List FM, the last four shows, I just wanted to say, because it was so very Australian. Mm. The last four shows he played were the Oxford Art Factory in Sydney. Yeah. Prince of Wales in Melbourne, which is actually in St. Kilda. So that's his home. Mm. Home Bake. And then the North Coast Social Club. Right. In Melbourne. So just four iconic Australian venues and, and concerts. So would it, he just, went out. This is a sound of it going over my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute Australian iconic venues and Sydney and Melbourne venues and then Homebake, which is an all-Australian festival. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. So cool. when, when did that finish up? That must have been not long I mean, after. that was 2009. So, yeah, I think it, I don't think it lasted much longer after that Yeah, one, so. no. Mm. R.I.P. So much more death. Yes. <laughs> Um, any other stuff? We're probably running towards the end. Any other stuff, George, that we you want to cover? Uh, there is cool sliding on the electric guitar in the Golden Native Bullet. Yeah. But then still driven by drum and bass. Another one yeah. like really drum and bass. But then, like, yeah, the cool little flicks. Lots of feedback. There's lots of feedback in the guitar. Roland mm. really loves his feedback yeah. throughout this whole album. Um, Catholic girls with Uzis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, More Catholics. <laughs> and then the... Um, yeah, he slows down the tempo for the chorus, which is. It's the worst of all possible worlds, and this planet of perpetual sorrows. I found the best of all possible girls. She's pure and white and bright as tomorrow. Because, oh. awesome. yeah, I Do know we... in that documentary, Autoluminescent, it talked about how he was very much in love at the time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I mean, it's nice to have love in your life. But, yeah, it was, um, I know she was, mu- 
quite a bit younger than him. Okay. Uh, I want to say late twenties, early thirties. I can't remember what her name is, but right. oh, it's just the way she they talk about each other and all yeah. the footage of them together. It was just so beautiful. Nice. Oh, so it was nice to ha- see that. You know, things were. I mean, he didn't die. Like, even though he feels like he wasted his life, at yeah. least you know he he did have some happiness yeah. towards the end. He was loved by. A lady and lots of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone was just rooting for him. It yeah. was really nice. Awesome. Anything else, George? No, I think we've covered. Cool. One thing we forgot to talk about in I Know a Girl Called Johnny, uh, where they talk about, I'm an, she says, I'm an alchemist. I won't drop this in. I'm an alchemist in my astronaut's dress, changing all the girls into boys. <laughs> so just like that real old school gender bending punk sort of attitude yeah, that yeah. rebel but rebel david yeah, bowie sort of thing. that's it yeah 100%, <laughs> but built into this retro sort of love song but yeah just really cool i just such a great opener it was like really grabs you right from the start yeah cool all right if there's nothing else you wanted to cover did you want to give us your final pitch for My why roland s howard pop crimes is a flawless album oh gosh yeah i was trying to think of a pitch for this um like Basically, it's my pitch is trust me. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I feel like high fidelity sort of thing. Just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> final pitch. Cool. It's a short one. Keep it brief. We love yeah. it. Uh, George, final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Cool. So I think we covered when I blind listened, it was like the 80s Cohen-esque kind of thing. So vocals being off-key and sometimes sitting is something I am on board with. So um, I was brought up on Cohen and Pavement. Um, mm. and they taught me that you don't need to be in tune. And um, yeah, and that's okay. Get so, rid of your guitar tuners, gang. Yeah, so uh, it's overrated. Um, so I can see why he is an Australian icon and I respect his working status of that. Um, and listening to it, it's a short album. It's like eight tracks with a couple of long um, songs in there. The problem I had with it, though, was I took him lyrically at face value <laughs> and his self-deprecation with the whole opium-esque vibe <laughs> and then wondering why this woman has gone. I was thinking... It's right there, dude. Yeah. Like, it's really fucking clear. To yeah. me. It's like, hanging out of your arm, mate. You've got a song called Wayward Man. <laughs> like, you're you're declaring yourself as, like, a rock star that is philandering and mm. you're drugged up all the time. And so um, I felt it was really confronting for me as a woman that has left men in the past um, against their wishes. Like, it felt like an attack... Right. on me as opposed to being tongue-in-cheek it felt mm. vitriolic and um, and knowing that it was the last thing that he was producing and he was hopeful it just it didn't translate into the album it made me feel just quite sad that so much of the content was pushing mm. towards like was so anti this figure of a person and making their this demonic woman so I couldn't make it flawless because um, it was too confronting for me lyrically and having the Talk Talk cover, I didn't see why that was on there. Mm-hmm. Like I can understand like that, but because I know the original, yeah. when I heard it, I was like, no, this <laughs> is, if this is your last album, you should be putting yourself out there 100%. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be a cover because um, it should be your voice, your words. So um, it can't. It's not a flawless from my perspective, though I can appreciate it. Um, so I'm sorry, Tim. But, <sighs> so I didn't trust you. Yeah, yeah I see. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd have said that when I was listening, then, yeah. or if I'd have known it, some of it was tongue in cheek. Um, but no, it was it was too confronting for me. It's okay. You just broken my trust. Is all. Yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> I did. I have it. <laughs> Liam. Hello. Over to you. Yeah. So, just um, yeah. Like I said, I you know I was really struck by this album and um, really annoyed that I didn't know him better at the time and listened to his stuff at the time when it came out because it it almost feels like definitely very similar style to Nick. 
Cave. Wait, he's right. I said Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Oh, if um, only it was Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> but almost like a more accessible version of Nick Cave, like not <laughs> quite down in the weeds as Nick Cave can get. Yeah, which I, which I think is really cool. Like I think mm. that's one of the things that prevents people from really getting the cave. Is like mm. it's like he's quite aloof. Whereas I think this was a bit more connected. So all these beautiful dark murder tiles. He's got that sneering vocals, an amazing voice. Loves to have the bass line high in the mix, like we've said, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that the album gives the instruments a chance to flourish. There's a lot of songs on here where he sings for a bit, and it's got that amazing voice. So you could be forgiven for like just singing a lot, but he mm. doesn't do that because he feels. I think he feels himself as much a performer as he is a singer. An instrumentalist as he's a singer. So he likes to give that space and have the instruments take the lead. Not solos, but just have them in that space, which is really cool. Um, these dark Australian soundscapes, we've done albums who have a similar vein. So I think Mess Hall and Kid Sam are two oh, bands that we've covered. Yeah. Who I think's probably got a lot out of Roland S. Howard. So you talked about how he's an iconic figure. He's not well known by the public, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think he's definitely like a band's band kind of yeah. guy. Like all the bands know about him. All those, They'll talk about how they're influenced that by makes, him if the public doesn't. That makes a lot of which sense. Which I really love. Um, so yeah, like reading all the interviews with him, I was really enjoying it. Like I said, eight songs, 38 minutes. I really liked it. I, normally we talk about the covers, but the fact that when I listened to the album through, I didn't even know they were covers meant for me like, a, like we talk about how sometimes covers can stick out but they didn't stick out for me because I didn't even know yeah. they were covers until I actually listened to them to read the entries. So for me, yeah, I love this album and I'd say it was flawless. Ha so, ha! He trusts me. Yeah, he I trusts do trust you. You need more work to I do. Trust you too. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Maybe, maybe I'm just anti-Australia. Yeah. It must be, is. It's, it's that something like British hoity-toity. Yeah. It's colonialism. Oh, yeah, just because it, it wasn't Britpop, you didn't go like, nah. Not this. No, it's English folk. Sorry. English folk. <laughs> That's me. Uh, so, thank you very much for bringing along an album. I really enjoyed it. George didn't, couldn't give it for us, but we'll... Boo! Yeah, we'll no, yeah. no, no, no booing. There's no booing. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, X, Threads, whatever it is, by the time you hear this, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those, and you can join the conversation and share or like our posts or give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash floorsamp. So if you'd like to check it out and back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.